RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Maya Cohen. The top stories. A manhunt is underway following a reported car chase that ended at the airport. President Erdogan invites President Trump to Turkey and Tokyo stocks are hammered after another sell-off on Wall Street. A manhunt is said to be underway following a car chase this morning that reportedly injured two people and damaged five vehicles. The suspect, a man thought to be aged in his 30s or 40s, is said to have escaped after jumping from a bridge near the airport. The chase reportedly began at 5 o'clock this morning when the suspect failed to stop at a police roadblock near the Chengxing Tunnel. It ended outside Terminal 1 at, e- 1 at the airport. Officers are said to have discovered about 14 grams of the drug ice along with a smoking device. A female passenger is said to have reported to have been arrested. Earlier, police have arrested four people and stopped more than 800 vehicles in a large-scale operation against drink driving and speeding in East Kowloon, Jimmy Choi reports. Three men and a woman aged between 27 and 45 were arrested on suspicion of drink driving after they failed breathalyzer tests. They've been granted bail and are due to report to police next month. Police officers also discovered a car that they suspect had been illegally modified. More than 110 cars were caught speeding. The police say they will give out penalty tickets or traffic summons to the drivers concerned. The force again warned against drink driving and speeding, saying there are serious offences and offenders can be jailed or have their licences suspended. President Erdogan of Turkey has invited Donald Trump to visit next year as the two men attempt to coordinate a pullout of US troops from Syria. The White House has said no definite date has been confirmed for the trip. Key Middle Eastern powers are seeking to capitalise on America's withdrawal. The BBC's Sebastian Usher reports. The Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan is biding his time but remains clear in his determination to force Kurdish militias out of northern Syria. On the ground, militias once united in rebellion, now allied to Turkey, are reported to have deployed closer to the town of Manbij, while more Turkish troops have moved to the Syrian border in recent days. US soldiers are still in Manbij for now in support of the Kurdish-led alliance they've backed in the battle against IS. The Kurdish fighters were meant to have withdrawn under a deal agreed between the US U.S. and Turkey, but have yet to leave. President Erdogan says he won't strike against them until the U.S. pulls out. Japanese markets have fallen below the key 20,000 mark for the first time since September 2017. Analysts say investors were worried by the U.S. Treasury Secretary convening a crisis group and by other political developments in Washington. President Trump tweeted that the U.S. Federal Reserve was the only problem the U.S. economy is facing, as it didn't have a feel for the markets. Here's the BBC Kim's Gittleton. President Trump is trying to distract most investors. He says, look at the Fed, they're raising interest rates. This is why these markets are tanking. But actually, there's a lot that's been weighing on investors' minds, including the shutdown, which doesn't look to be ending anytime soon. It's really worrying to investors because this is the third one we had in 2018, which suggests that Washington dysfunction isn't getting any better anytime soon. That, combined with fears about global growth, the impact of the U.S.-China trade war, are all certainly weighing on investors, and that's partially what's led to this. Around 20 protesters calling for single-parent family reunions have marched from Statue Square in Central to Government House. They want the chief executive, Carrie Lam, to help mainland mothers with Hong Kong kids. Robert Kemp has more. 
Dressed in Santa hats, the protesters accused the government of failing to help speed up the process of allowing single mainland mothers to come to Hong Kong to take care of their children living here. The Society for Community Organisation, who's been helping around 70 of these families, says these single mothers have not been granted a one-way permit to live in Hong Kong, and their children, who are Hong Kong residents, are left without parental care after their Hong Kong fathers passed away or left them. The organisation says mothers of these children now have to renew their permits to visit Hong Kong every three months or two weeks. And it's added that the children's studies have been seriously affected as they have to accompany their mothers to renew the permits on the mainland regularly. Relief groups have expressed concern about disease spreading among survivors of the tsunami that killed more than 370 people in Indonesia. Many have little access to clean drinking water. Search teams on the island of Sumatra and Java are continuing to search for people who are missing after the waves which crashed ashore on Saturday in the Sunda Strait following a landslide on the nearby Anak Krakatoa volcano. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Seismologists in in Italy have recorded dozens of medium-intensity earthquakes around the Sicilian volcano Mount Etna. Lava and towering ash clouds have been spewing from the mountain for several hours, forcing regional airports to close. A judge in the United States has ordered North Korea to pay $501 million in damages to a family of an American student who had been held in a prison there. Otto Warmbier died last year shortly after he was freed by the authorities in Pyongyang. It's claimed he was tortured. The BBC's Daniel Mann reports. The student at the University of Virginia was jailed in January 2016 after he was accused of trying to steal a North Korean propaganda poster from a hotel in Pyongyang. According to state media, he was sentenced to 15 years' hard labour, but he was allowed to go back to the US in June last year. Mr Warmbier died a few days after he returned home in a coma. In April, his parents decided to sue North Korea. The court in the District of Columbia said the country was liable for torture and an extrajudicial killing. North Korea had previously denied torture and blamed the death on botulism and a sleeping pill. The American actor Kevin Spacey has been charged with sexually assaulting a teenager in 2016. The alleged victim is the son of a US television news anchor who first made the allegations last year. The BBC's Gary O'Donoghue reports. Kevin Spacey has been accused by more than a dozen men of sexual harassment. But these are the first allegations that have got as far as court. The claims centre around an encounter in a bar in Nantucket in 2016, when it's alleged he groped the teenage son of a local television newsreader. Mr Spacey hasn't commented since the news of the court date was made public, though he did publish an unusual YouTube video within minutes of the news breaking, in which he assumed his old character from the House of Cards and warned viewers in general not to believe everything without knowing the facts. Sports. We're just one day away from the final test match of 2018 and there's not expected to be any love loss between Australia and India in Melbourne. It's been a fascinating series so far. So what does this pivotal game have in store? The BBC's Ben Croucher gives us his assessment. So the series tied at one all after India won in Adelaide and Australia responded in Perth. Next, we head down the coast to Melbourne for the traditional Boxing Day test match. And this is where it's likely to be played out, uh, possibly over five days. They can get around 90,000 
into the MCG. Maybe not quite as full on Wednesday, but it should still be lively on and off the field. This is the status of the series so far. Four test series in Adelaide. It was all India, one by 31 runs. Then Australia's bowlers responded in Perth to win by 146 runs. So what's the news from both camps then? Well, for Australia, it's been fairly quiet. Content to that convincing victory last time out. They're only sweating on the fitness of Aaron Finch, who's got a broken finger. He said to, he'll have to have it cut off to stop him playing. Mitchell Marsh is also expected to return in place of Peter Hanscom. Australia's bowlers, though, they are preparing for another onslaught from Virat Kohli, who made a century in Perth. Well, India's preparations have been more fraught. Fitness concerns over Ravindra Dadeja, Ravi Ashwin and Rohit Sharma. The batsman, though, Sharma should be fit. Their openers have struggled too. So could we see a daunting test debut for Mayank Agarwal? He averages 50 in first-class cricket. But if India were looking to the history books for some optimism... Well, they don't make for good reading. Just two wins from 12 tests at the MCG. Their last coming back in 1981 under the leadership of Sunil Gavaskar. Kohli and Ajinka Rahane have scored centuries in the last drawn test there, at least. Uh, their openers then, Kale Rahul, averaging just 12. Murali Vijay, 12.25. This is their combined average. Four times in eight innings, they've been dismissed for two or less. And what's of the all-important toss? Well, it carries extra significance in 2018 for India, it seems, especially away from home. Virat Kohli's been calling unlucky all year, losing eight tosses from ten, winning only one match when they haven't won the toss. That combined with the ever-increasing importance of home advantage, a simple flick of the coin could have a big bearing on the outcome of this series. And to end the news, the top stories once again. A manhunt is underway following a reported car chase that ended at the airport. President Erdogan invites President Trump to Turkey. And the Tokyo stocks are hammered after another sell-off on Wall Street. And that's the news from RTHK. And thanks very much, Maya. Have a great Christmas day. A very good afternoon to you. It's James Ross in the chair till two, playing some of the greatest hits of Christmas and just having a good time. Hope you got your lunch all sorted out and ready to go. 